It's Tuesday, February the 23rd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, America counts a half million dead and lockdown to be eased in England. First, the world in brief. Joe Biden held a moment of silence as America's death toll from COVID-19 surpassed 500,000. The country's fatalities are by far the highest in the world in absolute terms and among the highest by any measure. More Americans have died from the virus than fell in combat during all the great wars of the 20th century. The number of deaths per day has fallen from a peak of 3,300 in January to around 1,900 as vaccinations are distributed and infections decrease. The British government set out plans to ease England's lockdown. Schools will reopen next month. Shops, hairdressers, gyms and outdoor hospitality will follow in April if infection rates and vaccine data support the move. A Scottish study found that hospitalizations dropped by 85% four weeks after the first dose of the Pfizer vaccine and by 94% after the Oxford-AstraZeneca jab. Italy's ambassador to Congo, Luca Atanasio, died in hospital after an attack on a United Nations convoy in the east of the country. The ambush, in which two others also died, is believed to have been an attempted kidnapping. Dozens of militias have operated in eastern Congo since civil war ended in 2003. An unknown assailant shot Saif Bamporiki, one of Rwanda's opposition activists, during a visit to a dangerous Cape Town slum. A former Rwandan spy chief was murdered elsewhere in South Africa in 2014, and an exiled general was the target of an unsuccessful attack in 2010. It is unclear whether this attack was politically motivated. China plans to overhaul Hong Kong's electoral system by fortifying its control of the committee that selects the city's chief executive. The Wall Street Journal reported that the Chinese Communist Party will reassign committee seats held by pro-democracy politicians to pro-China loyalists. The changes are expected to be introduced during the annual meeting of China's rubber-stamp legislature in Beijing in March. Morgan Stanley cut its credit rating of Brazil's sovereign bonds after President Jair Bolsonaro fired the chief executive of Petrobras, a state-run oil company. Mr. Bolsonaro wants the firm to reverse recent petrol and diesel price increases, which are unpopular. After his intervention, Petrobras's shares dropped by 20% and the real fell against the dollar. And Royal Caribbean lost more than $1 billion in the final three months of 2020. The American cruise line has suspended voyages since last March because of the pandemic. Even so, the company said bookings for the first half of 2022 have rebounded, an early sign of pent-up demand for holidays once the pandemic subsides. And now, here's today's agenda. Opening the Books, Donald Trump's Taxes In August 2019, the Manhattan District Attorney's Office subpoenaed Mazars USA, Donald Trump's accounting firm, as part of a criminal investigation into the Trump Organization, the ex-president's business empire. Mr. Trump has battled the inquiry ever since, but appears finally to have run out of road. Yesterday, the United States Supreme Court rejected a request from his team to suspend the subpoena. 
Immediately afterwards, Cyrus Vance, Manhattan's district attorney, tweeted, The work continues. Last week, he hired Mark Pomerantz, a former federal prosecutor with experience investigating organized and white-collar crime cases. The investigation centers on whether the Trump organization misled lenders and tax authorities about the value of its properties. Mr. Vance's criminal probe is not the only one Mr. Trump should worry about. Fannie Willis, the new district attorney for Fulton County, Atlanta, is mulling criminal charges over Mr. Trump asking Georgia's Secretary of State to find him extra votes in the presidential election. Stand by COVID-19 vaccines in Brazil After running out of COVID-19 vaccines last Wednesday, officials in Rio de Janeiro hope to receive a new shipment this week of CoronaVac, a Chinese-developed vaccine manufactured in the nearby state of Sao Paulo. A little over 2% of Rio's nearly 7 million people have so far received a first dose. The next in line, 82-year-olds, were left waiting. Other cities have also suffered supply shortages, Of the country's entire population, only 2.8% has been vaccinated. Experts say that the government's failure to speed up its vaccination program will take a toll on the economy. According to LCA, a consultancy, if 70% of the population is vaccinated by August, GDP will grow by 5.5% this year. In the more likely scenario that this target is not met until December, expect two percentage points of that to be wiped away. Could be worse, Britain's job market. Figures released today are expected to show that unemployment in Britain remained at around 5% in December. It has stayed strikingly low, especially when GDP fell by around 10% in 2020, mostly because of the government's job retention scheme. This saw the state pick up 80% of the wages for furloughed employees. That program is officially due to end in April, but it is likely to be extended by Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, in his budget on March 3rd. A trickier political problem for Mr Sunak is what to do about universal credit, Britain's main benefit for those out of work. It was increased by £20, $28 per week in March 2020, but that increase is set to expire in a few weeks. With social distancing regulations due to be rolled back slowly, the uplift, like the furlough scheme, will probably be extended until at least the autumn. History Calling – Deb Haaland's Confirmation Hearing Deb Haaland will be America's first-ever Native American Cabinet Secretary if her appointment is approved by Congress. Joe Biden asked the Democratic Congresswoman from New Mexico to lead the Department of the Interior, which manages one-fifth of America's land, its natural resources, and its relationships with tribes. But Ms. Harland's appointment does not have bipartisan approval. At her confirmation hearing today, the Senate Committee on Energy and Natural Resources will grill Ms. Harland about her support for the Democrats' Green New Deal, as well as her ambitious conservation agenda and opposition to fracking. These ideas spook Republican lawmakers from western states that depend on oil and gas for jobs and revenue. They are right to be worried. Whereas Donald Trump's interior department cozied up to extractive industries, Mr Biden's is preparing for a fight. If she is confirmed, as looks likely, Ms Harland and the department will be at the centre of the new administration's battle against climate change. 
Virtual Cupertino, Apple's AGM. Apple's annual general meeting today will be held virtually rather than in person in the Steve Jobs Theater, its usual venue. With no constraint on capacity, many more shareholders can attend. Tim Cook, the chief executive, will probably field questions about two tech industry rows into which Apple has been drawn in the past 12 months. One involves Epic Games, a maker of video games, which in August launched antitrust complaints about the App Store's restrictions on in-app purchasing. The other is with Facebook, which objects to forthcoming pro-privacy changes to iOS 14, Apple's operating system. Otherwise, do not expect fireworks. The two proposals submitted by shareholders concern corporate governance and non-executive pay, not big social or political flashpoints. That may be because Apple is an expert at heading off more troublesome proposals in advance. One notable piece of business will be to seek shareholders' approval to link environmental and social objectives to the pay packets of Apple's top brass. Finally, here's the quote of the day from John Quincy Adams, who died on this day in 1848. Always vote for principle, though you may vote alone. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.